Hi, you are listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Hey, we're in a series called I Give Up. I'd like to take the next few moments and walk through that with you, and then I'd like to get this band back up here and us to worship one more time to kind of concentrate and kind of seal what God's done the last few weeks. Um, I Give Up really is a series all about giving God full control. And what we want for you, for your life, is for God to have full control of your life. I was singing on the front row, Christ Be Magnified. And uh, the song talked about this idea of, of making our, our, our life an altar. Is your life an altar? I was thinking, I wonder how many people in our church, they could say their life is an altar. Like what happens, after, like their life is consecrated, sold out. Romans 12, 1 says to present your body as a living sacrifice. I wonder if in this room here today, we're at the point of life where we say, God, I give up. You can have full control. And if you've ever been through a season of life where things are going, spin out of control, you're like, I give up. It's easy for us to give up when things are going really, really, really bad. I led a young lady to Christ just in this, in this past year. And, and when I first met her, she believed in everything. And I said, hey, sweetie, I want to let you know, John chapter 14, verse 6, the Bible says Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he's the life. No man can come to the Father except through him. You don't need all the other religions, you need, you need Jesus. And so I hope that you've given God full control. Secondly, we learned this, that I give up is all about allowing God to have what belongs to him. And I want to let you know, in case you have to wonder, if you're trying to figure out, I wonder what belongs to God, everything you have, it belongs to God. All, everything that you have, it belongs, it belongs to God. And so I don't know if you're trying to wrestle with that, you're trying to figure out what does that mean, everything. You're, everything about you, you have all these kids in here to say they belong, they belong to God. They, my kids, they belong to God. My finances that God, that God gives me, they, they, belong, they belong to God. I, Tripp said to me, um, he, we, we, rode, we rode together today, which we rode together every Sunday morning. He's like, hey, Dad, Dunkin' Donuts is hiring 10 bucks an hour. And I said, uh, I don't really know if that, I don't know if he was telling me something. Um, he's like, you're not doing a good job of what you're doing. You might want to try that. Um, or maybe he was saying, you're here every day. You might as well get a job. You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why, why not get free coffee instead of paying for it? And so, um, and he started doing the math on that, what that is times a week and then what that is times a year. And, and I hope that you know that everything that you have, it belongs, it belongs to God. We've been, I've been, hope, I, hopefully you've been memorizing Isaiah chapter 40. The Bible says this, but those who trust in the Lord... The Bible says those who trust in the Lord, they will find new strength. Those who trust in the Lord, they will find new strength. There are another word, translation says those who wait on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord, those who trust on the Lord, the Bible says they will have, they will have new strength. The Bible says not only will they find new strength, they will also soar high on wings like eagles. They will fly really high like, wing, like eagles do and they will glide. And I meet so many people, we're as big as eagles but we're flapping our arms as fast as hummingbirds. And we're trying to flap our arms. We're trying to work really, work really, really hard. And what I've learned to realize is that God actually wants you to actually to work a little bit less. And he wants to do more of the heavy lifting. He wants you to show up and give up. And he will do the rest in your life. The Bible says you'll get new strength. You will soar high on wings like eagles. And then you will run and you will not grow weary. You will run and not grow weary. And a lot of us are going at the speed of light. You're not built to go at the speed of light. Hopefully after today you will slow down some. I heard Derek tell a story this past week at his uh, at his company's um, at his company's uh, staff meeting, and uh, isn't that something? I've run out of gas before. I'm a very frequent run out of gasser, okay? And I haven't ran out of gas in, in, the, in probably the last two years. But prior to that, I ran out of gas more times probably than than probably rightly so. But I've never ran out of gas, and then ran out of gas again on the same exact run out of gas experience. 
um, which makes him worse than me, and that makes me feel better about myself. Um, the Bible says that they will run and they will not grow weary. We need to slow down a little bit. And the Bible says they will walk and not grow faint. They will walk and not to go faint. This past week, that we got on our, our downs out of town for a couple of days, and I took the kids on the bike trail, and we did five miles. And, um, and we've talked about the bike riding. This guy tries to get me to go 26 miles. I realize I'm built for about five miles. That's where I'm at. That's just where, it's where I'm at. And, um, and uh, we got to go over to the McMillan's, which actually was a God thing because we also popped a tire while we were at the McMillan's house. They gave us another bike. Believe it or not, we've already taken it back. I thought about us keeping it. I'm like, it's nicer than the ones we got. You know what I'm saying? But we actually brought the bicycle back. That's how church people, that's how pastors get stuff. They go, oh, that's really, really nice. Well, you can borrow it, and then the pastor never brings it back. But you feel bad to go to the pastor and say, hey, I need you to give that back. That's kind of how we roll. And, um, but I get, I've gotten better with my, um, my stealing, basically. And so um, I've given it back. This series has given us three things, or this verse gives us three things. I want to I tie it all in today. But the first thing it gives us, it gives us new strength. The Bible says those who trust in God, they'll get new strength. Some of you guys that have been through bad experiences, tough experiences, you, we've all been through trauma in this room here today. There isn't one person here in here today, except for maybe a couple of our, except for McKenna. Every one of us has been through trauma in our life. She's a newborn. We've all been through trauma in our life. Her, her trauma is when her mom doesn't put that spoon in her mouth fast enough, maybe. But unless you're, if, if you've lived long enough, you've gone through, you've gone through trauma. This past week, Judah was on the, on, on the trampoline. He's like, Dad, I did a backflip and I landed on my chest and it knocked the wind out of my stomach. He's been through trauma. We've all been through trauma. You're going to need new strength to go through. You, hopefully you'll go through less trauma as you get older. But some of us in here today, we've gone through some traumatic seasons in our life. You need new strength. You need new strength to go through the traumas that you've been through. The second thing we've learned is that God wants to take you to new heights last week. We, we asked the question last week, do you want to go higher? God wants to take you higher. If you're willing to go higher, God wants to take you higher. He wants to take you to, to heights that you've never been. He wants you to soar on wings like eagles. He wants to do that. And then today he's offering us, in the last part of this verse, he's offering us new endurance. New endurance. I, the, the gym I go to, they play loud music, and it is supercharged with music. And based upon the music that I hear when I get there, I know how bad it is when I get in there. And it's, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even want to, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's not Christian. <laughs> I'm like, they're like, I don't know if there's a seance going on in there or if they're working out. Like, it is just dark, dark. And some of you guys are like, oh, that's my stuff, you know, like, that's my stuff. Like, hard, 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 hard stuff. And I, I realize when you go to the gym, you're trying to really build up endurance. And I think sometimes in life, we, we build up endurance in a lot of things, but we forget that we got to build up spiritual endurance. We got to build up life endurance, like the kind of endurance that, like, that will be able to, when you go through things, you won't get knocked down as easy. Hopefully the things that knock you down today or the things that knocked you down when you were younger don't knock you down, don't knock you down today. I remember hearing a, a pastor say, if a flat tire throws you off and you go, you go berserk because of a flat tire, then how will you handle when something big happens? And I realized I've classified things. Death, disease, and divorce are the three big Ds. And if it's not those three things, it's really small for me. Those are the, those are the big ones, death and disease and, and divorce. Those are the things that are, that are big in life. They're like, like they, should, they might would take me back. But the other things in life, they really shouldn't set me back. An emergency room visit with kids, which if you've had kids, you're going you're gonna to have one. If you haven't yet, I'm not speaking that over you. That's something that you experience. That's something that you experience. You, know, you, you experience in life car accidents. It's something that you experience in life. You experience job loss. You're not going to most likely, you're not going to have the same job your whole entire life. You're going exp to experience these different traumas in life. And Jesus is offering to you and I, when we go through those seasons, he's offering you and I endurance to get through it. Endurance. So I want to look at a story in the Bible today 
that we've seen before, we've kind of talked around it all throughout the course of the last six years here at the church that I think would help you and I today with this idea of endurance. Exodus chapter 14, verse 5, the Bible tells us in God's word that when the Lord reached the king of Egypt, that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. So if you know anything about where I'm already going already is that there's a group of people in the Bible, they're God's chosen people, it's called the, they're called the children of Israel. They were in captivity for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Slaves. They were told when to eat, when not to eat, when to go to the bathroom, when not to go to the bathroom. And they built, they built the Egypts, they built all this, they were the free construction workers, free garbage workers. I mean, they did all the things. They were just, they were the laborer. They, they, were, they were in slavery for hundreds and hundreds of years. And God tells Pharaoh that you need to let these people go, and he lets them go. And then he, he comes to his senses, and sometimes it's like that with us. We're like, man, what just happened? He says, what have we done? We let all those Israelite slaves get away, they asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot, and he called up his troops, and he took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the, along with the, rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. He brought the best chariots and all the average chariots. And he brought the rest of them as well. Like he, he, he brought the really good ones, and he brought the really average ones. Verse 7 says, he took with him 600, 600. Verse 8 says this. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So he chased after the people of Israel who had left with fists raised in defiance. So the children of Israel left and they raised their fists. You know what I'm talking about, raising their fists. Like when, you, when you've had it with someone, you raise your fist at them. Or when they drive by you really fast or if they cut you off, you raise your fist. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> That's where that came from. He's like, they're like, dude, we're out of here. See you later. We gone. We out, of, we out of here. And they're shaking their fists, it says, at them. The Bible says that the, the king of Egypt, he chased out the people of Israel who had left with their fists. Verse 9, the Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in the Pharaoh's army, all his horses and chariots, his charioteers and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore, they're in a season where they're running, and now they're, they're camped out. They're in a traumatic experience. They're, they're all, it seems like they've gotten pretty far away from the trauma. Like they're, they're a little bit further and further away from the people who aren't talking about it as much. Or we've kind of got okay with it. We find ourselves finally at the place in life where I'm going back to church now. Met a couple a few weeks ago. They're like, Pastor Wes, I don't know if it's okay for here. We haven't been to church in 10 years. Did you know that this is the kind of church where people haven't come to, well, they haven't been to church in over 10 years. They're coming to try church out for their last time. And so what we do in first impressions, what we do in the parking lot, what we do in kids here, everything we do communicates. Well, they're almost all the way through the trauma. They're six or seven weeks into the counseling. I mean, they're like, they're doing pretty good. And they look up and they're like, oh, we are about to die. Game, game over. Full send, we are, in, we are in trouble. It's like playing Mario Kart and you only have one life left. That just spoke to someone in here today. My kids are playing this new game. I don't even know if it's good or bad. It's called Duck Something. And they're just, it's on Switch. And I'm like, I don't know if this is good or bad that they're playing this game. But they're like, yeah, they're counting how many times they've beat the other person. I beat you, I beat you, I beat you. In my house, the new word now is I beat you, I beat you, I beat you. I shot you, I shot you. It sounds like a rap song, you know. I shot you, I shot you, I shot you. And, some of you guys don't listen to rap. Okay, cool. So we go. The Bible says that they are terrified. 
As the Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, they looked up and they're like, we are in trouble. The trauma, the, the fear, the anxiety, the worry begins to, begins to heighten. The Bible says, and they said to Moses, this is the, where I want to get the tension point today. The Bible says, they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Uh, why, you're, 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 we're going to die out here. Like, there's no greater panic than the panic that he's, we are going to die right here. Thanks a lot for helping us come out here to die. He goes, this is what they said. Didn't, what have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Now that's a problem, right? And Moses is like, because you were slaves. Like you were, you were told when to eat, when not to eat. You were, you were going to die there. We're, I helped you escape. I helped you escape bondage and slavery. Aren't you, you should be excited. But they're like, we're not excited. We're frustrated and we're mad at you. We trusted you. Or right, let me get into your shoes a little bit today. I'm amazed at how many people walk up to me and say, Pastor West, it was like you were at my house this week. It wasn't I was at your house this week as I had coffee with a handful of people. And what, what a few of us are going through, we're all going through. What a few of us are going through, we're all, we're all going through at some level. Some sort of trauma. Like trauma doesn't scare us in the church because we've all, we're all experiencing it. We're all walking through it. We've all gone through it. I trusted God. I gave my life to Christ. I signed up for baptism. I joined Dream Team. I started serving. I started giving. I joined up for a dinner party. How come things aren't going perfectly in my life? Because things don't go perfect this side of eternity. Things will be perfect when we get to heaven. But until then, we have to endure. So he says here, you brought us out here. Why did you make us leave Egypt? Verse 12 says this. Didn't we tell you this would happen? While we were still in Egypt, we said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. Here's what he says. It gets even worse. They're like, it is better to be a slave in Egypt than to be a corpse in the wilderness. <laughs> like, we're going to die out here, bro. They're not at, like, they respected Moses. But now they're like, bro, they're broing him. It's hot out here. You brought us out here to die. I did all the things you told me to do. I did all the, no I, I know God, Pastor West. Got it. Find freedom. I'm in a group. Discover my purpose. I've discovered my purpose. Now I'm trying to make a difference. And you brought me out here to die. Everything is going good inside this building, but everything is going bad outside of the building. That's where they're at. Can you relate? I think you can. We've all been here before. Sat with a young man just a few weeks ago. He's like, I haven't been, I, things aren't going great for me, Pastor. I said, what? I just don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to pray. I'm doing better now. He, we get to those seasons of our life where we're like, I, I'm not really wanting to drink the Kool-Aid anymore, Pastor West. So here's what Moses says to the people. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just stand still. I love this verse. And watch the Lord rescue you. Just stand still. Now, you, you probably hate that verse. Because nothing about this culture is standing still. Culture does not promote... I don't know if you know that. Culture does not promote standing still. Culture promotes run fast, run hard, bury yourself into the ground. That's what cultures, that's what culture is, is producing. I heard it said this week that the iPhone is not the greatest product in the world. The greatest product in the world is you and me. And we don't tell our phone what to do. Our phone actually tells us what to do. Guys, that's problematic. Spin your wheels. I was telling Tripp today that he's like, how do I get the math on how much that person makes a year? I said, the average person used to work 40 hours 
a week. Now if you work 40 hours a week, what do people call you? Lazy. If you, and maybe some people are lazy, I don't know. I don't like lazy people. We get, we, we spin. Or it's like we go, full, we go full swing over here. And we work 90 hours a week. Posted this week. There's a, there's a fine line right between working hard and being a workaholic. It was predicted years ago, years ago, at the, at the beginning of the, the technology boom and the, the printing press, and as things began to keep on moving faster and faster and faster, that we would only work about six hours a week because of all the technology advancements. I don't know anybody who's working six hours a week. If they are, come talk to me. We got to find, Duncan's hiring, 10 bucks an hour. They need good workers. Man, we find ourselves in that, te- that's like that's stepping on probably 93% of the people's toes in here. Because we just go, 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 go. Culture has produced in us that if you don't have a side hustle, you're also lazy. And we're going at, pace, we're going at a pace that is completely unsustainable long term. Did you know this? The Seventh-day Adventists, they live longer. They live 10 years longer than every other world religion. You want to know why? Because they practice a Sabbath. 24 hours. Pastor West, are you promoting Seventh-day Adventists? I don't know. (laughs) I might be. Sabbathing. 24 hours. 24 hours every single week for 52 weeks out of the year. Once a week, 24 hours. That gives you 52 days back on your life. Now, I don't want you to be like, well, man, he's throwing darts at us today. I'm not throwing darts at you. I'm just saying we have to monitor where we're at. I have to monitor where I'm at. I, I said, God, I told him the other day, I said, God, I, we ran hard for six and a half years to build this church. And it's, that's even bad theology because the Bible says that God builds a church and the gates of hell won't prevail against. I know that, but we worked hard. We worked hard, we worked hard, we worked hard for six and a half years. And I, 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 I said, God, I won't go the same speed the next six and a half years. I won't. I just, I can't. I won't be able to, I want to be here for 20 or 30 years. So I can convince Phil to wear skinny jeans. You know, like, I mean, a lot can happen in 20 years. <laughs> that will never happen. I get it. I get it. Like, tw- I want to be here for a long time. But at the rate I was going to go, it, it just wasn't, it's not sustainable. And I know that. I want to, I want to go the distance. I don't know about you guys, but I like 52 days back on my life. And every single year, 52 days for the next 30 or 40 years, that's, that sounds pretty healthy. I told a lady yesterday, she said, pray for my, pray for my family, pray for this, pray for this. And I just said, hey, I, I don't, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but like if you, have a, if, if you have vacation, you should take it. Like you should, that's what you should do. You should, if you have it, you should take it. So he says in that verse, um, I, I, Moses says, don't be afraid, stand still. Watch the Lord rescue you. The Egyptians you see today, I love this verse. The Egyptians you see today, they're never going to be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Now, if you know anything about the story, what happens is they're right by a body of water called the Red Sea. And if you read further, they're not, they're not running to the Red Sea. They are camped out by the Red Sea. I don't know that, I don't, for sake of time, we're not going to get into all of it, but they had been there for a moment. God, the previous verse, when you read chapters 11, 12, 13, like God sent them out there. He spun them around and said, I want you guys to sit right here because God had a plan. He, God said, I'll fight for you. I'll give you new strength. 
I'll give you all the things that you need. I make all things become new. God says that. He brings ashes into beauty. And so as he's sitting there, you know the story. They go through the, God parts the Red Sea. They go through it. Their chariot's like, we're right on them. We got them. Like, we're right there. And once they get right in, God closes up the body of water and everybody dies. It's awesome. It's, well, we don't tell you in kids' church. <laughs> like, don't mess with God. <laughs> That's what happens. I wrote down a couple things about the children of Israel. I, I realize this, and I, I think they're very applicable to both you and I today. And, and here's the first one. The children of Israel, they were looking for an end date, and God was offering them endurance. We would love to know when the trauma was going to end. Well, you would love that. Well, I, I would love that. I, I, would, I, I, would love when, I would love to know when my, I would love to know when the anxiety was going to go away. You know what I believe? I believe most of our anxiety is self-induced. You know how you can, you're like, this is free. I, you're like, this guy, he's been doing his homework. I'm not a doctor. I know. Nothing about me looks like a doctor. I get it. Nothing about me talks like a doctor. It sounds like a doctor. But here's what I know. I study, hum I study humanity 24-7. Some of you guys this week can go out and download an audio book called The Ruthless Elimination of Fury. That's the kind of stuff I read. The Ruthless Elimination. Not just slow down. I read that book. Or I haven't because it didn't sound as sexy as the ruthless elimination of hurry. Like that will make you go out and buy it. That cover looks good. It's red. Like you want it. You know, like if you like doing hard things, you want to buy that book. Download that book. We would love to know an end date with the anxiety. So here's the deal. If you want, to, if you want things, some of, the, some of you guys that are you, you're self-inducing, if you change your pace, it would change everything. There's, I believe this in my life. I, this, is, this didn't make the sermon. But I believe there is a safe pace that God has for you. There's a safe pace. And some of you guys, you're not, you're not going at the safe pace. The speed of sound, speed of light, that ain't a safe pace in case you're wondering. Some of you guys, you know, when, you, when lights go flashing and those cops, they flip the lights on, they run through those lights, they go fast. That's not a safe pace. They know that. There's laws and rules now that they can't chase at certain speeds. Like there's, there's rules in place because the pace is not safe. There's a safe pace for some of you guys in here today. There's a healthy pace for some of you guys in here today. And we're on it. They're looking for an end date, and God was offering them endurance. Here's the second thing I thought they were, look, uh, they were looking for. Some of you guys in here today, you're looking for a way out, and God is offering you a way up. He, he who wants relationship with you, he, he's offering you an opportunity to soar above the clouds, on wings, like eagles. They glide. There comes a point in life where God wants you to glide. I get the pumping the wings. I get all the things. I get the work. I mean, I get all the things. But do you notice the Bible says that we're called to run the race. And it's a marathon. It's long distance. I wish it was a 5K for you. But it's not. It's a bunch of 5Ks over and over again. It's a marathon. 26 miles. It's a half marathon. 13 miles. I'd much rather be in a 13 mile than a 26 miler. But the reality is this, that some of you guys in here today, you are running at the, you're running your 5K pace at a full marathon pace and you're going to crash and you're going to burn. And we'll be there to pick you up. But I would like to get here before you fall down. I'm tired of making hospital visits for people who, have a, who, people who are just, they're overwhelmed. The calls we get, messages we get, 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, it's because of bad pace. We got to slow down. We gotta slow down. Do I hate preaching this message with my wife in the room? Absolutely, I do. Aren't you glad your wife's not in here, Derek? <laughs> Hopefully, she doesn't come to second service. Come and say the same thing. But the point is this: we gotta slow down. They're looking for a way out, and God's like, "Hey, guys, look. I'm just trying to show you a way up to me. I'm just trying to show you I'll, I'm your provider. I'll take care of you." 
And then lastly, you weren't made to run with all the weight you're carrying. You weren't made to run with all the weight that you're carrying. And you weren't made to walk alone. The Bible says that you will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not grow faint. You need a sisterhood. You need to go to a dinner party. You need to get some people around you that are like-minded, that are following Jesus. And that's a game changer. You need that. Thank you. Thank you. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. Can we have a, just a time of altar right now? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Can you just ask yourself, or can you ask God right now where you're at? Say, God, what do I need to do to slow down? I want to have the kind of, I want to be able to walk and not faint. I want to be able to run and not grow weary. I want the endurance that Pastor Wes is talking about, that Isaiah is offering. I want, this, I want the right pace. I want a healthy pace. I want a safe pace. Would you ask God for that? Would you ask God, God, what's the one thing that I, need to, that I need to move from my life? I believe right now, some of you guys will tell you right now, God will drop in your heart right now. He'll say to you, take your vacation. Some of you guys in here today, God will tell you right now, slow down on your side hustle. Maybe don't stop it, but slow down. Maybe some of you guys right now, God will tell you, hey, spend more time with me. If you spend more time with me, I will fulfill you. You don't have to pursue the things of the world. Pursue me, God's, you want a way out. God's offering you a way up this morning. Would you bow your head closer? Would you ask God to speak to you right now? Oh God, would you speak to us as a church? God, would you be the, would you be what we need? Would you help us to realize, Lord, the pace that we're going may or may not be too fast. We need to slow down, God. May we believe today that you're all that we need, that you'll fulfill us, God. May our lives be, be magnifying you, God. Would people see us, they, will they see Jesus with our lives. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.